0: The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by Folding Warehouse, Ipsy, and Arbor. Your chance to get in on the action. Now let's send it to the guys on the
1: inside of it all: Greg Steiner and Alex Jewel. Calendar slipped to February, and that can mean only one thing: we're ever closer to spring. Alex Jewel, and that means more sports are back on the table. That's right, we are in the thick of it,
0: Greg. Every time you look at the calendar, it just seems like more and more is on the horizon. Men's and women's golf, both playing today, they're getting their spring seasons underway. I know you have had a chance to look into those two teams and we'll be able to tell us more about them all throughout the spring. And then track and field, they continue to go. The indoor season almost wrapped up. The swim and dive season, believe it or not, almost to the Mid-American Conference Championships. Of course, basketball, we know, Greg, are in the stretch of their run to try to get to Cleveland. And we are just uh, a couple of weeks away from baseball, and really not even a couple of weeks. Ten days away from baseball in Hoover, Alabama. It's hard to believe it. We say it every year, like, how did that come so fast? But really, the year continues
1: to fly by. It does, and we certainly have a jam-packed show today that will get you all those things, but you think about uh, the winter, it really will r- wrap up this weekend with the Super Bowl run that will take place in Phoenix, and once again, Eastern Michigan has player in it, is Andrew Wiley, once again gets to wear the green and white banner out there, and one thing that we got to talk to was Coach Creighton today about how Andrew has made himself into the NFL player he is, considering this guy bounced around between so many teams before finally the Chiefs took a risk, and look what happened.
0: Yeah, it's been a heck of a redemption story for Andrew Wiley. A lot of people may not know if you've heard his full story. You mentioned it, bouncing around between practice squads, Greg. And really... Kansas City was kind of his last option. When he went out to see the Chiefs and take the meeting with them to go to their practice squad, he had actually told his family, hey, listen, You've supported me for years. If this one doesn't work out, I will figure out a new path in life to kind of start getting uh, giving back to the family and all those types of things. Well, guess what? Six years later, the rest is history. 72 NFL games. He started over 60 of them now for the Chiefs and uh, a fixture on that offensive line that we know has been a huge part of one of the most electric offenses in all of football history. Of course, Patrick Mahomes doesn't hurt that either. So a great ride for Andrew Wiley. So happy for him that he's back in another Super Bowl. But Greg, you're talking about playoff time. There's some teams here at Eastern Michigan that are still looking forward to playoffs. Men's and women's basketball. Women got a nice win at Central Michigan on Saturday. They defeated the Chippewas, so they're right above that cut line in terms of the MAC tournament. Top eight teams will get in in the tournament that takes place in early March. Men's basketball, I mean, maybe the game of the year in terms of just how thrilling it was against Ball State on Friday night, nationally televised. chance to win at the end, unfortunate overtime loss. But this men's basketball team with Stan Heath, really in the last two weeks, Greg, they've played a much different brand of basketball.
1: They have. They switched to a four-guard offense and that's changed a lot of things. Scoring is up. Defensive numbers have been better at times. Uh, So, Credit Stan Heath for really changing a lot of things. And you look out of their last handful of games, ever since that NIU game, started with Toledo. They have been right there, nip and tuck. This is still a heck of a schedule that they've got to go through. You get Buffalo tomorrow, Toledo this weekend, and then Akron-Kent. So kind of the big gauntlet of the top of the Mid-American Conference in store over the next four games. Some exciting games, though, because, Greg, if you're trying to make through
0: breakthrough and really show that your season is different than it was at the start. In a way, you want the heavy competition, right? So you want to see teams like Akron, Kent, Toledo again. You're going to get that chance. So we're going to find out really fast if this uh, turnaround is for real or not. And if you can knock off a couple of those teams, then you absolutely deserve to be in Cleveland. And you and I have seen enough MAC tournaments to know if you get yourself to the queue or to the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse as it is now, anything can happen once that tournament hits. So both of those teams very much alive. Real quick, I mentioned track and field. Another good showing for them this past weekend. Baldwin Magnuson, excuse me, another EMU school record, this time breaking an 18-year-old mark in the mile. Of course, the late Paul McMullen had held that record before Vinny was able to break it this past weekend. Another weekend that featured 12 individual wins for the men's and women's track team. So continue to follow them through their Mid-American Conference Championship push, the indoor championships, just a few weeks away. And we mentioned real quick, Greg, Today is the start of golf season, and we've got two interviews today that talk about golf because before you know it, we'll be back out there shanking putts as well.
1: Yeah, we'll be out there soon enough. Not soon enough for what we'd like, though, is we caught up with EMU head women's golf coach Stephanie Jennings as her team is in Florida for the Falcon Florida Classic uh, down in Lakewood Ranch. This used to be a match play event, but it shifted back to the traditional stroke play round, and Eastern Michigan will give it their best today and tomorrow, 36-hole day, today and then 18s tomorrow as really a, a youthful team but still paced by junior anna watson who's the leader in that sophomore kylie doll also very good for emu and then on the men's golf side we get cam collette the senior and really one of only two returners on this emu men's golf club for head coach bruce cunningham cam's a kid that started at the d2 level and then he transfers to nevada and now finds himself here in eastern michigan so he uh, very cerebral, and we'll talk about uh, his mindset. Knowing that he's got five freshmen that he's leading, and how, what it takes to help bring those guys along. As the Eagles right now are at the Earl Yestings Meyer, which is a ma- match play event. The Eagles were the fifth seed; they get number four high points in the first round. Lots going on on the show today. First up, it's
0: Chris Creighton. Greg and I sat down with him last week on Wednesday. It was the official close of National Signing Day. Real quick antidote to this interview, we taped it on Wednesday, so you're gonna hear Coach talk about some things saying today and those types of current aspects. It was last Wednesday. All the information stays the same. One different thing though, Greg, is that we should mention Some new numbers have been crunched, and officially now on 247 Sports, the major recruiting service in the country, Eastern Michigan's 2023 class officially listed as the tops in the Mid-American Conference. First time ever that Eastern Michigan has had the top conference class. So congratulations to Coach Creighton. You'll hear his thoughts on both this 2023 signing class, of course, Max Crosby in another Pro Bowl, and Andrew Weil in the Super Bowl. After that, it's two golf interviews. You heard about it from Greg, so stick around, listen in, and enjoy this week's edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast.
2: You already know Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan gives you access to the largest network of top doctors and hospitals. What you may not know is that with our 24-hour nurse line, online visits, whole health support, urgent care, and more, you can access the care you need whenever and wherever you need it, giving you the confidence in knowing that you're covered anytime, anywhere. We're here for it all, and always will be. Learn more at hereforitall.com.
1: Second signing period in the books for Eastern Michigan football as they add nine more on this Wednesday to bring their total enrollees for the 2023 class up to 27 fresh faces you'll see next year at the factory or really this year when you think about it because it's going to be here soon enough coach welcome signing day in december it was the rush to get back from the bowl the early morning call you got a bunch of guys today a little different story because a majority of this class was already actually here because most of them were made up of transfers but you did really bring in a nice haul today.
3: Oh, uh, it's, it's a great day. It really is. When you bring up the December signing period. I mean, what, you know, that was a whirlwind, but two awesome days to go win the bowl game, fly back that night, wake up four hours later and, uh, welcome, uh, just a fantastic class. Four of those guys, um, in terms of the early enrollee, you know, freshmen are already here, um, and off to a great start. Uh, just, um, yeah, just awesome, you know, for those guys to already be in with our program. But then like you mentioned, here we are, we also still have, we have five transfers and a junior college, uh, transfer. I don't know how, how we call mm-hmm. it junior college players who are already on campus and rolling as well. Uh, three offensive linemen that, uh, again, we just good quality people and good players. Um, everybody's going after them and we feel as though we identified three guys who are a great fit for our program and who are absolutely going to be able to compete to help us. And, um, and Chris Mayo, um, and Owen, uh, Snively and then, uh, and Dan Sunderman. And so those guys are already here. Um, super excited about that. And then, um, had two wide receiver transfers. So you've got, uh, Javon Swinton from Indiana and then, uh, Terry from Michigan state and Javon's originally from Virginia and Terry from Minneapolis, but, you know, just, uh, you know, start coaching those guys and that they're already, you know, ingrained with our, with our program, which is, which is awesome. And then today for, you know, another three freshmen uh, to sign Chase Arrington, gosh, he's been out here four different times. He's from Pittsburgh and is a corner and just had a great meeting with him, you know, this last weekend. And he said his first visit, you know, he knew this is where he wanted to be and still went through the whole process. And gosh, you know, you just love hearing that. And we felt the same way, you know, about him. And then uh, Joey mattered, you know, from the great state of Michigan. Gosh, he could play multiple positions, but we love him. Even though he's really long, we're going to play him at running back. He is, uh, again, just another awesome fit, you know, for our culture in our program. And those three guys will be coming in um, with the rest of the freshmen on June 19th to get rolling. So it's, you know, you have December, you know, you have different different folks kind of in the January group. And then You've got the sign signing day here in February and we'll all be together, uh, you know, in June.
0: Coach, I know on the list of things that you evaluate, star rankings and different recruiting rankings are oftentimes lower on the list. Of course, you're looking at play on the field and intangibles and whatnot, but a lot of us on the outside world are looking at some of those different ranking systems and whatnot. And so when you see that on a, on a, site like 247 or Rivals that your class is considered maybe the first or second best class in the Mid-American Conference. What does that say to you about your staff and just the the dedication they've been able to put in and the fit of the guys that you've brought in in this class? And how proud does that
3: make you? Well, so you, you can't have it both ways. I, I can't complain about it, you know. When we're not ranked high, and then say that we totally agree with them or whatever. When you know, when we are ranked high, um, we truly. It, it always feels good when other people are, you know, see the guys the same way that you do, right? I mean that that's not something that I'm going to try to deny or or hide from. But regardless of how you know those agencies see guys. You know, we are evaluating a lot of different things and going through um, a pretty intense process to try to figure out, you know, who we really want to be a part of it and and who is going to choose us. And so we feel really strongly uh, about the class we really do. And, you know, I kind of worried a little bit, you know, like the guys who are in our program right now don't have never been here when it's not been good. Right. And so there's, there's some good to that, but I also like, you know, that chip on the shoulder and and all that, that hasn't gone away. You know what I mean? So I hope that we're hitting that sweet spot, but no, we feel really strongly about the class and we don't know who big game boomer is. Right. <laughs> but he had us as number one culture in the Mac, you know, that feels better than having us at 10, uh, even though I don't know who it is. Right. And I don't know that he's done a thorough investigation, you know, of, of all of everybody's cultures, but it's, it still feels good to be recognized, you know, whether it's word of mouth or reputation or whatever it is. And so really proud of our staff and our team, we involve our team in recruiting a ton and just hearing other people. It doesn't sound like that is a common practice. I think that our guys are the best thing about our program. And so why wouldn't we want other people who are trying to figure out, you know, what they want to be a part of spend significant quality time, you know, with our team. Um, I love being around our team. You know what I mean? I think anybody who's around our team and doesn't want to be there, they're not a fit obviously. So, um, so I want to just say, thank you to our team, you know, all the coaches who just are nonstop working in, in everybody, you know, here at Eastern Michigan, which represents this place so well.
1: Speaking of representing this place. Well, uh, I know you got to, to go out to Las Vegas, see Jose Ramirez, working at the East West Shrine Bowl as he gets ready for this weekend. Uh, Ciso also out there. Uh, He played in the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. Those guys really representing and now also getting the chance to become the first EMU duo ever to go to the combine. What does that mean for those two guys, but also what it, this program is to them as well.
3: You know, we weren't able to get out and see city because we were still, you know, recruiting, but, you know, got to watch the game and gosh, he was there at at guard and bumped out to tackle. And I think after one practice, he was getting like rave reviews. And then I thought he played really well in in the game. And uh, Coach Coughlin was talking to him pretty much every day. And I I spoke to him a bunch when he was out there. He's excited. This is, I mean, this has been a dream of his, you know, in Canada uh, for a long time. When I went on the home visit uh, to his home, I didn't, Know what to expect, right? You know, getting outside of, you know, Montreal and you're in Quebec and they had the NFL network on. You know what I mean? When I went into, you know, into their home and whatnot. And so he, uh, this has been a dream for his and he's making that dream, you know, a reality. And just because of his play, he's been invited, you know, to the combine. So he's focused, but he's also really excited. I'll let him speak for himself about, you know, what it means for him. But for us, I'm just honestly so stinking excited for him. You know what I mean? Because I know that he's just living out, you know, what he's been dreaming about doing. And um, and then we are going to get to go see Jose. A couple of us are flying out tonight uh, to go be there for him, but he's getting rave reviews, you know what I mean? And his practices, and he's been with Max some already, and uh, we're all going to go out to dinner together and then be able to watch Max and his, you know, Pro Bowl stuff, uh, which will be a total blast. And so again, with Jose, you know, it's just been, it's been a dream. The dream became a vision. The vision became, you know, a goal. And now the goal is, is becoming a reality. Just to, to see, see that is, uh, um, I mean, I'm just telling you, it's moving and what it means for the program. I mean, I guess it means that the NFL thinks we had two pretty good players. (laughs) We had a lot more than two, but you know, those guys are um, obviously going to get a chance to, to play in the national football league, you know, alongside O'Connor and Andrew Wiley and Max Crosby and you know there's been you know many more that have come before and we're super proud of them and you know it's easy to be proud for them and excited for them just because of the, their humility and and the team players that they are.
0: Jose City attempting to turn their dreams into reality and getting to the NFL. You and I and and of course over your last couple of years have had a lot of opportunity to talk about Max Crosby and all the things that he's overcome and turned into. How about Andrew Wiley, though, because it's time to celebrate him as well, back to another Super Bowl, three and four years. You know, when you look at his career, a little bit different than Max Crosby, Andrew bouncing around from practice squad squad to practice squad, then finds a home in Kansas City. Obviously, we know what he's done there. But when you look back to his time here, and now looking at the fact that he has started 61 of 72 career NFL games, another Super Bowl, representing this university in a different way, maybe, than someone like Max Crosby, but at the same level. Just talk about his story a little bit and just watching his journey from afar and being a part of that.
3: Well, you know, part of it, though, is just the position, right? It's just football. Like, you know, he he could be the best offensive lineman in the National Football League, and you're still, he's not going to be celebrated. There's not stats for him to go, you know what I mean? There's not... You know, celebrations after great double team blocks. I mean, it just you know, so man, so so proud of uh, of Wiley, and you know, to be with that franchise and to stay and to stick and to be a starter on you know, I don't know over the last his his time there, it's got to be if not the best, you know, one of the very best you know in the National Football League. I will tell you this: when he was here, I remember thinking, if this guy can't play in the National Football League. I'm like, what, what in the world do they look like? I just remember that. You know, I mean, his pro day, I might not get this exactly right, but he measured in at the NFL pro day, 6'5". He was a couple pounds over 300, and it was like either a 34, I think it was a 34-inch vertical. I mean, you're just talking about an unbelievable athlete. And then, you know, Wiley has just got that edge. He's got that aggressive, nasty, and he's bright. I mean, he's, to me, he's just a dream you know, of an offensive lineman. I remember thinking that I'm like, man, if this guy doesn't play in the NFL, what are they? Who? Where are they? Who is it? And now here he is. I mean, he's yeah. So my daughter and I went to see him um, at their first Super Bowl. We went to Miami. I'd never been to a Super Bowl, but I'd also never had a player playing in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so my daughter and I were, you know, sitting in the end zone that the confetti was, you know, coming down in when they won the thing. And you know that that's a, a that's a trip and a moment that you know. Kate and I are going to have forever. It was just so special. And so, yeah, I just, Wiley, man, it's uh, so excited for him.
1: Have you heard that he's now in a state farm commercial with Patrick Mahomes?
3: I had not heard that. Are you kidding me? That's what I've been told. (laughs) Wow. Um, I love it. Yeah. So, so now, now he has reached levels that, uh, you know, offensive linemen, don't get to reach i guess hey
0: eastern insider fans if you need a place to stay when you're in town make sure it's the holiday inn express and suites university south our guests home away from home for only 119 dollars a night plus tax
1: we continue outdoors today as senior cam collette from the men's golf team joins us as they get ready to head south how exciting is it to know that in less than just a few days you're going to be back outside in warm weather We've had the, the snow that we've dodged for a while, but ready to be
4: outside and play some golf. Yeah, I think the boys are all itching. Uh, definitely itching to get back out into competition and uh, you know play, play down south where I think a lot of us feel comfortable. Um, I know a lot, a lot of the guys on the team like Bermuda Grass and um, just like the way that Florida course is set up, I think. Um, I got the chance to play Lake Lake Javita last year in um, like a training trip. And I think the course definitely sets up well for uh, like our team this year, especially. I know we had some, um, the boys boys won it last year. So we obviously, there's good vibes for coach going back there as well. So I think everybody's going to be in a good mood and just going to be excited to be down there and, and get some reps in.
1: One of the biggest differences from this year to last year is last year. You think back, you had so many upperclassmen on this group. This year, the opposite—a lot of freshmen—and it's you and Patrick having to to kind of be the older guys that lead the way. How has that transition been? As, as you go about now imparting the wisdom that you've learned to the, all these freshmen?
4: Yeah, it's been a it's been a tough balance in that I'm trying to kind of let them. Um, like find their own way. And I don't want to be like down their throats at all with um with certain things. But when it comes down to it, I try to just <clears throat> I try to teach them the lessons that I learned um, in my first couple of years and try to sort of get them into like an upperclassman mindset and into a a more like calm and confident frame of mind versus like, because I understand how hectic it can be to be a freshman and have so much on the go and be trying to build relationships with your teammates and make friends and stuff like that. So I understand everything they're going through, but at the same time, it's tough because I want them to <clears throat> you know, feel comfortable with themselves and um, confident on the course. So it's been interesting because last year I felt um, like a little bit of an outsider as a transfer and since they already had such a strong bond and this year i feel like so much a part of of the team and to be able to um, i'm grateful to have like a leadership role that um that bruce gave me and uh i think it's just doing my best to give them every everything i've learned um, but not not all at once because it can be a lot of information to take in so i try to just you know, tell them I'm there if they're struggling and stuff like that. Like all the, all the good stuff you want to hear, but like not be too down their throats where they don't feel comfortable telling me something or, um, like don't actually believe the stuff yeah. that, that I'm, that I'm just saying to them.
1: With Eastern being your third school you've been at, you started at, at Young Harris, then you go to Nevada. Is it finally seeming like you're more comfortable in your own skin now being, that you've second year of the program, you kind of know everything too?
4: Yeah, definitely. I think it's that's a very good way to put it. I feel much more um, comfortable with kind of knowing how things work, um, with being able to like set my own uh, practice plan and uh, execute my own um, <laughs> goals and try to get as good as I can be as a player and maintain grades in the classroom. I understand the anxieties that come with it, and I'm more prepared than than I've ever been. I think to um, perform, and I'm also not as hard on myself as I used to be um, because I understand like that as good as you get in the game, you're never gonna you're never gonna be perfect all the time. So I think that's one thing that's been hard for me to understand because I, I want to perform so well all the time and i feel like i always put myself under a microscope but like being able to kind of find a rhythm and now kind of have my own place that i stay at and be able to find a little more stillness and uh, kind of understand myself more has been like huge for me and i think um obviously it's been a weird journey for me but like like you said i'm becoming more comfortable with being cam keller and just settling into what i know i'm good at and and then just trying to enjoy the college experience because it's going so fast
1: if you could go back and kind of tell yourself when this whole process began and and, and you think back to this ride what would you tell yourself about how it's all going to shape up or how to maybe manage it differently
4: i think uh I think i would just tell myself to enjoy the entirety of the journey as corny as it sounds and as much as i tell myself that all the time knowing that from the get-go would have been nice because it would have been less of a roller coaster ride and i would have been less um less prone to get in the the ruts and the um the highest of highs i would have i think been more neutral and I think that's the key in college golf, is being as neutral and as, uh, you know, XYZ as you can. Like, yeah. this is what I did well, this is what I did poorly, um, and just just continue to grind. Because I've always had the ability to grind and um, kind of put things aside and, and know what I need to work on. But to be able to, I never really had any, like, found any comfort in it until now, until like. And I guess that comes with age, and it comes with experience. But I think anybody on this team, and I think that I was surprised with how um, mature they are already, and how uh, a little bit envious, actually, at how they were able to just enjoy the experiences um, of first semester. And just, I'm very hopeful and, and I think the boys are going to do very well because of that, because they understand that it's a process. And I think if I were to tell myself anything, it would just be enjoy all of it um, because making yourself feel horrible um, because of one event or one round or one shot um, is just, it's not the way to go. And to be able to soak it all in is the biggest part of it. Because like I said, it's, (laughs) I've been at it since 2018 and it feels like, A year and a half, really.
1: Thinking back to spring, uh, as we approach the spring, thinking about the fall, 15 rounds, a pair of top five finishes. Your best round came at Huntington when you were able to go six under. What was so successful during that round that really you were able to to capture a lot of magic as you finished with a 65?
4: Uh, Yeah, I think think all of it came down to just um, the basics for me is just Um, committing to every shot as um, cliche as it sounds like I felt I think that was one of my rounds where I was almost perfectly committed to every shot like in the sense of what I was trying to do with it that's what I that's what I was able to execute or if I didn't it was pretty close because I fully immersed myself in that moment and I think that's the biggest thing that that it came down to was I was just I mean, you can say in the zone, but I had the same anxieties that I have every round. In yeah. that round, but I was able to come back to what what I can control in each moment, um, and really just self belief. Like I think, uh, I think I just I knew I was hitting it well, and I knew that I was going to give myself opportunities. You you played, and it's hard to to
1: say because you were every week playing, but you think of the grind that's very unusual in a fall campaign you go to the spring you're going to have a bit much more gaps how much does that ease not now knowing each week you're not going to have to fire up you get a little break in between
4: yeah i think it's huge really i think um it's good for all of us it's good for rest and recovery um it's good to allow us to ju- digest each event um reset uh if we if we're playing really well, like to keep hammering at the things we're doing well and um, improve the weaknesses, whatever whatever they may be. And I think it's especially good uh, for myself who needs to slow things down yeah. and reset going into each event, um, treat it as its its own its own deal. And um, I think it, the biggest thing is when you're fresh and when you're able to uh, focus on each shot. Uh, and all aspects of it because when you're playing that much in a row it seems to um, you seem to get in kind of a a lull in the sense of Mm -hmm. your routine and when you have a a spacing you're able to uh, sort of prioritize what's important in each each shot and go from there instead of just trying to play golf every week it's like No, I'm playing this course, this whole, this specific way. I have my game plan. And then you execute from there versus uh, where it feels like more of a race rather than uh, being patient and staying in each moment as they come.
1: Open up with match play coming up on February 6th in Dade City, Florida, before you go to the Loyola Intercollegiate. Two distinctly different events. Ball doesn't travel nearly as far at sea level. And then you go to Arizona and it'll fly. The scores are always much lower in Arizona. How do you kind of combat those two, knowing they're so different in those aspects?
4: Yeah. Personally I, I, I love match play, but I try to treat it fairly similar to stroke play in that unless you make a pretty big number, if you if you beat the guy heads up stroke play, I mean you're gonna you're gonna beat him nine times out of ten in match play as well. So I, I try to I'm not really gonna look at it too much differently than um, than the Loyola event just because I think if I stay in my own game plan and minimize mistakes um, that controllable mistakes that I know um, need to go away in my game if I'm able to minimize those and if the guys are able to execute their own plans and stay in their own lane, I think that we're gonna have a great chance at Um, at taking that down and winning a a ton of matches because I think we all have the talent and staying in our own lane, building up um, the good habits and getting the reps in, then having a little bit of time to soak it in and then head out to Arizona um, to to hopefully try to take it deep. Not a long way
1: away, but think of the ability at the MAC Championships, which will take place at the end of April, start of May. But playing in Alabama this year versus playing historically a northern climate. Last year, you guys played outside Chicago. The weather wasn't great. How much will that also then make for a better championship when you guys have consistent weather,
4: aren't playing in cold? Yeah, I'm very excited for that. I think last year was, um, you know, every tournament seemed like the weather followed us, the bad weather followed us. And um, i think that it's gonna be nice i think it was a great move by by the mac conference um, moving it down south because i think it, it levels the playing field in that if you're playing really good golf you don't have to get <clears throat> as creative you like it's gonna sh- your, your game's gonna show if if the weather's a little bit better and the balls traveling like a normal distance and uh i think it i think it it exposes like the best players, maybe not the grindiest players, but it exposes the best players. And particularly, I think it favors our team well, because we all seem to play pretty well when, uh, I mean, I think a lot of people play well when the weather is better, but I mean, particularly our team, I think um, being in a Southern climate and a little more uplifting weather, hopefully, (laughs) um, I think it's going to be huge for for all of us and for me especially, because I think it's way less of a grind mentally when you, yeah. when you don't have to deal with uh, 30 degree weather and, and rain and wind and stuff like that.
1: Then I'll get you out of here on this. Answer, the fill in the blank. My spring will be successful if?
4: Uh, if I'm able to realize that uh, the result isn't as important as the process. Um, each and every event, regardless of how well I play or how poorly I play. I think with seven events, um, I think I have the self-belief and I've been working hard on my mental mental state over the winter to get myself into a place where I'm confident in, in what I can produce and, um, you know, staying in the moment and staying patient every event is going to be the biggest key, I think. Um, not getting down in, in the in the <laughs> dwellings, I guess right. you could say, where, where you just can't live because, um, one, because life's too short and two, because you can't play good golf from there. So I think staying neutral and staying patient is going to provide success for me.
1: Something I have not been able to do yet on the golf course myself. <laughs>
4: Yep, yeah, it's it's definitely a struggle for a lot of people.
1: Cam, I wish you the best of luck in your senior year. Good luck coming up here at uh, in Dade City as we'll follow you throughout the year.
4: Thank you.
0: Printing since 1903, Standard Printing is a one-stop solution for all your signs, apparel, mailings, and more. Check out their promotional product storefront, free design tools, and convenient online ordering at ipsystandard.com.
1: it might be snowy outside but we can all dream about being outside and we go on to the links next with fifth year head coach stephanie jennings from the women's golf team steph i know you're over at the marriott right now working getting ready for the spring how ready are you and the girls to be outside oh my goodness you know we've been
2: pretty lucky um the weather hasn't been as as treacherous as it normally is this time of year and I know uh, some people have had the opportunity to actually go outside over the last week, but um yeah it's still it's it still is better to be in 70 and sixty degree weather than in uh, thirty and 40 degree <laughs>
1: weather are you Are you a person that would still play golf when it's like forty outside and blustery, or are you one of the like okay, it's got to be above a certain level before I'm playing
2: now me personally me personally is different than the team. But well, yeah. We've went the snow through, as
1: a team. I know that.
2: I've been through enough bad weather that I, I kind of get a little snobby when it comes to weather for me. But if it's if it's 50 or above, I'm good with that. A lot of times it depends on the wind, right? The wind can be blistery. Um, but if it's 40, like for our team, if it's in the 40s and the wind's pretty still and the golf courses will let us, you know, go out yeah. this time of year, you know, why not give it a try?
1: Speaking of the golf course, uh, big changes coming at Eagle Crest. Not only are they expanding the clubhouse at Eagle Crest, they were out there for the groundbreaking a year ago, right after your home tournament. But we also have a new Game Above golf facility getting put up. I know right now they are digging holes. They are putting foundations in. We are months away from you having a home for the first time. How exciting is that? Oh, gosh.
2: It, 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 to, to be here and, and see the progress. And like I, I said to you earlier, you know, every day I come out here to the Marriott where our temporary practice area is and, and see that bulldozers are moving. I'm like, yes, keep moving, keep moving, <laughs> keep pushing that dirt. Um, and, and just to hopefully see this come to fruition uh, in the fall. I don't know what the exact timeline is, but um, the, the more they're moving, soil over there and and the more they're making progress this the sooner we'll be in our facility and
1: it'll be located right behind hole number 18 at Eagle Crest you'll have indoor hitting facilities simulators I know we can play our own rounds of putt-putt if we want but uh, I mean (laughs) you've got a lot of you and coach Cunningham have a lot of ideas to jam in the space too don't you
2: yeah I mean the setup You know, the design of the facility, along with all the different technology that's available to us now, um, and and technology just keeps improving every year, but um, the the things we're going to be able to provide for our athletes is just going to be tremendous. And and that was um, Bruce, Coach Cunningham and and I's biggest goal was to make sure we had a space for multiple student athletes to be practicing at the same time. Um, Whether it's, you know, we have both the men and women's golf teams in there at the same time or, you know, different practice times, but just have multiple student athletes practicing and, you know, different areas, whether it's chipping, pitching, full swing, putting, everybody will have something that they'll be able to do um, all simultaneously while we're in that facility.
1: Well, and much like any other sport, it's an arms race. You look at Kent State, they have a golf facility. Ball State builds one. Akron has their own setup. Toledo has their own setup, and you guys were operating out of spaces that weren't truly designed for golf. I mean, this will make a big difference in catching up to the rest of the league too.
2: Absolutely. I mean, it's. Uh, I've already sent out, you know, recruiting packets with information about, you know, what's to come with our facility, and really getting that on the radar of of future recruits to say, hey. You know, it's going to be not only the best in the Mac, but kind of the best around the country um, of what in the northern climate. Right. I mean, you've got a lot of southern schools who have similar facilities um, that they can you know, hit outside. But as far as our northern schools and the climate we deal with, it's going to be amazing. And we're so proud and thankful for the game above and and what they've done. Um, It's just a, a tremendous relationship that we have.
1: I know you're part of Game Above. We thank you for everything <laughs> that you've done to help that group as well, as we, of course, I record on my side from the George Kervin Game Above Center, and you're uh, soon to be in the Game Above golf facility, so we can't do it without them. You look at what you've had the luxury of last year, this year, and next year. Your your team has bas- is going to basically remain intact. You haven't had to flip it a ton, which is a real luxury in in – athletics and college golf to have people together for a long stay, but it starts with Anna Watson at the top. Who's been really good for you and your club. Kylie doll has also been there right there. What are you looking most forward to of the growth and development from this team, knowing they've still got basically another year to go grow, grow together.
2: Yeah, it really has uh, morphed into a sisterhood. Um, you see the relationships that they all build with each other. Um, you know, Natai, Natty, Greeny, whatever we want to call her. You know, she's been through a few d- nicknames over the years, but, you know, she's really our super senior and Olivia's, you know, the two of them have been around for a long time now. It's amazing. I'm like, I'm going to be so sad when it's time for them to leave, but um, just the, the bonds that they've made with the, the girls who came in a couple of years ago, and then with Kylie and, and Alyssa, Uh, coming in and and Alyssa starting off strong the beginning of this year with with a big win so um, they just keep building together Um, they they've worked on their swings a lot uh, some different things drills and that through the last few months so a lot of them are are continuing to see that progress with their their swings and now it's like transforming over into that playing mentality, right? So it's it's your pre-shot routine. It's going through the, the different uh, routines that we got to do when we're on the golf course. So uh, those are the things we're transitioning into now to get ready before we
1: leave for Florida. We've talked off in our conversations, but you being one coach and you've got five girls, sometimes six or more out on the course at once, you can't be everywhere at, at once and help them with every shot. How do you go about balancing and making sure you're around when the girls need it? Pick them up. Some girls just want here's my drink and you to go away. But how do you balance that?
2: <laughs> and and I make it known to them that if 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 they do not need me there, please tell me. You know? so <laughs> I, it's not going to hurt my feelings. You know, I'm I'm a big girl. I can handle it. Um, but you know, a lot of it happens in our practice round um one of the things we're going to start to incorporate this year is I say okay well what does the football team do before they play a game you know they watch film right now we don't necessarily watch film but we can go on a website of a golf course and we can look at the the layout of their course ahead of time and make some notes before we even play that practice round so that's one of the things we're going to incorporate and then when we're playing the practice round and I see the layout of the course for me I look at okay where can I be maybe at multiple holes in one spot. Like we've played some of these golf courses over time now. So I'm familiar with the golf courses and where I need to be, where those trouble holes are. Um, And I just try to make sure I'm at those spots when when our team gets there. And that way I can kind of help multiple people. Um, And then if somebody's really fallen into a rut, I'll walk with them and I'll, you know, and then the other girls will know, hey, you know, coaches walking with so-and-so and I'll just walk with them and you know, kind of pick them back up. Cause you can look on the live scoring, you can see okay, so and so yeah. have a strand of bad holes. And then you just you get up there and go with them. But a lot of times it's, you know, are you drinking? Are you staying hydrated? Are you eating your snacks? Are you and then especially the 36 hole days, right? So when it gets yep. to that second 18, it's more of keeping your energy going and all that because they've already played that first round. So they have an idea of like club selection yardage all that stuff for the second round um so it's more keeping them you know healthy and keeping them going
1: how much is it just reminding them to value each shot and and making sure that you don't carry over from the last hole because you look back at even your shirley spork from from last fall you have a bad second round but in the third round your kids flipped a switch and it was a much different team that roared back and almost won that tournament after being really down in round two.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's just knowing how golf can be. Um, And that's, that's something we're always working on, always working on. Now, some of the more veteran players uh, do better at that of, of just staying in the moment and and one shot at a time. Um, But even, even they, you know, I've seen with Olivia, you know, she, she will let a couple holes like get her down. And we were in, in North Carolina, what was so <laughs> amazing. She was having a, a little bit of a strand of, of some bad holes on that last round. And I'm like, okay, you got three holes left. I want you to play under par these next three holes. And sure enough, she goes and Eagles the next hole. <laughs> and then like, I think pars out, you know, the other two. So it's like just little things like that, where you just got to kind of energize them and you know, just keep reminding how it, in golf, it can turn around really quickly, you know, and and really that practice round is key to setting out your plan, making your notes, you know, knowing where to take advantage of, of the easy holes, get those birdies and where to play safe. Um, so it's, it's, it all comes from there. And then you stick to your plan. And then if your plan you have to diverge your plan a little bit, then you do that, but uh, it all kind of starts there.
1: Usually my plan's out the window about the third hole. So, and then <laughs> just usually scrambling to be like, oh, here we go again.
2: But you'll hear that even like PGA Tour players, you'll hear nope. them say, well, that that was our plan. You know, nope. them and their caddy, that was our plan. So you hear that a lot because they do, they set out that plan ahead of time of what they're going to do on each hole. So
1: your team gets things going this year back in Florida, let back at Lakewood Ranch. Uh, mm-hmm. You didn't get to play there at the end of fall, of course, with the hurricane and the damage. So you're back down there. But a big change this year, no longer match play for the Falcons Invitational. Uh, how different will that make things to open the year as well? Because everybody kind of looked forward to match play.
2: Yeah, match play makes it a little less stressful, I guess is is the way to put it, because it's just one hole at a time. Um, I mean, you still put that pressure on yourself because you wanna win and you wanna win your matches. Um, but when it comes to like cumulative score, it, it it's not as much pressure. Um I, I look at it as it's it's a good thing that we're gonna start out with a stroke play event because all other all of our other events are stroke play events. So we gotta get started somewhere. And um this was a stroke play event two years ago when we first opened up with COVID, and that's the one we didn't get to play in. Um but then i looked back at the scores they were low there were some low scores mm-hmm. in this event and um which makes sense the course is pretty forgiving excuse me <clears throat> pretty open um big greens so there's a lot of opportunity to go low at this golf course
1: then you get to make the trip the annual trip back to rio verde in arizona before coming back to Atlanta and then a new one to the schedule this year, Murray state gets added to the list. I mean, I know you're excited to play that course.
2: Yeah. And Murray state, you mean? Yeah. 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 That's uh that'll be an interesting um, location that we've never really went to before, but I love, love that area of the country. I'm sure it'll have some, you know, elevation changes and whatnot. And um, but just, yeah, something different for the team to To be a part of. And then we'll go back to IUPUI where we won last year. So that'll be a nice, uh, we like that golf course here at IUPUI too. It was really nice.
1: So. Then you close it out in Kalamazoo, at Kalamazoo country club uh, at the Mac championships this year, fingers crossed. We don't have the same snow that uh, could be still there. When you look at it, <laughs> you're still as a, as a collective group, looking for that first group to, to punch your ticket, get past can't say, or even as an individual make the NCAA tournament how, uh, certainly you've got people that are capable of it. What's it going to take to finally get over that hump? We,
2: we gotta, we gotta set our goal with par. You know, we, I, I tell my team, boring golf's really, really good golf, you know, fairway, green, two putt, fairway, green, two putt, right? So um, if, if, if everybody can really strive to that, that par or under par, um, which, you know, that that's pushing at another level for us, um, but I've seen them. I, I saw that first round in in Colorado and I, I see what we're capable of. And um, there's been other rounds where certain individuals have done really well, but just collectively of a team haven't had everybody come together with those great rounds in, in one you know full setting. Mm-hmm. So um, just getting them to truly believe in themselves and what they can do and what they're capable of and what they've shot in the past, you know, scores they've shot in the past. And and just keep pushing forward. Um, you know, yeah, Kent's always going to be there in Northern Illinois. Strong. I mean, they've they've come to show that they they have some strength too uh, with their game. So um, we just we just keep pushing forward. And this this Falcon uh, Florida Invitational is like a mini MAC tournament, actually, because there's going to I think except for Kent maybe Ball nope. State, but there's going to be a lot of MAC schools there. So that'll be a good kind of preview. To, to kind of push our team to say hey you know let's let's really push ourselves ahead of these teams
1: I know I'm excited to see them back out there in the course and in just a, a little bit I know you're excited as well uh, can't wait to see how the spring plays out And I know we'll have you back on the show again but really appreciate your time today
2: well thank you and I can't say it enough but go Eagles <laughs>
1: There she is. Head coach, Stephanie Jennings. We come back here on the Eastern Insider right after this.
0: This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our
3: episodes on demand.